and welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. You're listening to the podcast for people who want to learn about the government market from the contracting officer's perspective. If you are a contracting officer, we hope to give you a little more insight into industry's perspective. Today's episode answers the question, what is a CLIN? Let's get started. Hey, Kevin, today we're going to answer the question, what is a CLIN? We are. CLIN is another one of those acronyms that gets turned into a word, and it stands for Contract Line Item Number. And we're going to go through the what, why, and when of CLINs. Right. So CLINs are used to segregate what is being acquired throughout the life of the contract. So what do I mean by segregate? I, I think of CLINs as different buckets. What, how, how would you describe them? I think of it as a, a contract is a spider web. Um, it can have one strand if it's really simple, or oftentimes we end up with lots of different things and three or four different line items, and it can get really complicated. Well, the spider web, each strand of the spider web, as a start point and an end an endpoint, it's kind of like a, a line segment, right? And each one of those strands is a clin. And that really helps understand that some of them may overlap, some of them may cross, some of them may connect, some of them may run parallel. But the point is, each one of those, in the end, it has a start and a finish. And it has a deliverable of some sort. So that, if you think of that, it's very it's, it's easy to take the complex, which is a contract, and break it into the simple, which is just, what is this one clin doing? And it can help you to really understand the, how to get stuff done. Yep. So, and on some big contracts, I've even had it where different CLINs will have different managers because it, it is, it's a, it's a separate line segment. It's a separate bucket and has, a, it's, it's separate enough that somebody else cares about it differently. So they have a different manager for it. So you can find CLINs throughout the contract or, or even the RFP that they show up in section B, which is where it describes the supplies and services that you're supposed to deliver. They show up again in section E where it's talking about, the inspection and acceptance of, of how, how the government accepts these supplies and services. They show up in section F where the, that's the delivery schedule. So that shows you when each separate CLIN is due when you have to deliver it. And they show up in section G because CLINs are funded separately. The, the, the money that's applied to the contract gets applied at, at the line item level, not at the overall contract level. And, and for those of you who are not familiar with those different parts of, of a contract or that's used under the, what's called the uniform contract format. And there's a, if you're a Skyway Connection community member, there's a webinar about that. Yeah, good point. But, but the, the point here is that those sections are, have different functions, but the CLIN is going to be the constant thread through each one of those. All right. We usually talk about what time zone are we in? What acquisition time zone are we in? And, and CLINs actually, you got to think about them all throughout the, all the acquisition time zones. So back when you're, you could, you could begin if you're the government thinking about it as early as the requirement zone, you probably will start to think of it uh, more in the RFP zone when you're actually structuring this. And, and during the source selection zone, it could be part of the evaluation is evaluating the, the different deliverables by, by the CLIN. But the, really with CLINs, we're, we're post acquisition where this matters. So this is, this is, the execution time zones. This is after the contract has been awarded. This is where it's very important that you understand CLINs. And really think of them as a contract administration function. Um, they're not there just to administer the contract, but man, when they're not there well, that's really when you see it the most. So this is, this is almost a, this, this particular cast leans more toward the contract admin side because that's really where you're going to see the cleanse being done well or done poorly. Yeah, you're thinking about them during the acquisition time zones, but but where you deal with them in in reality is during the execution part. 
well said. Yeah, that's where you feel the mistakes you made much more <laughs> severely. So cleanse are very important. Why are they important? Both sides already know what big picture needs to be accomplished by a particular contract, but cleanse drive how the effort is managed and administered within that contract. So I think of cleanse as as buckets of, of effort. So it could be deliver six of these whatevers by this date. And that's one bucket and then deliver another six by a different date. And that's another bucket separate and, and, and need to be thought of and tracked separately. Or it could be for, for one effort, there, there could be sub buckets. That's kind of a weird phrase, but you could have labor <laughs> in, in one bucket materials in another bucket and travel in another bucket. And you have to pay attention to those separately. They, 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 it's not interchangeable between the buckets. And keep in mind that depending on the complexity of the contract, they may all be in the same bucket. There may be one firm fixed price CLIN that says you're going to deliver all of these for, I don't know, the next year. You're going to provide the next, you're going to provide the service for the next year. Or you could have one CLIN for each month. It's, it's a wide open space. But understand, going back to your bucket point, the, the shape and size of that bucket is malleable. In fact, you can even change it after the contract is awarded. But understanding what does it actually say right now, that's the important part. Right. It's pretty common to structure, like you're talking about time, it's pretty common to structure a contract that where there's a, a CLIN for the base year and then a separate CLIN for the options. For if, if it's a five-year contract, you could have a CLIN for each of the years. Or if there's you're developing something and then operating and maintaining it, there could be a CLIN for the development phase and a separate CLIN for the operations and, and maintenance phase. And the, the big takeaway here is that, like we talked about, they're really important, right? So invoicing is a nightmare if this is not done right. Because any structure you can dream up is great, but if nobody understands it, or I say nobody, that's a little snarky. If, if it's difficult to understand, if the, the people who manage the actual payments on the contract, the people who manage the deliverables, people who are, are tracking whether or not each CLIN got paid, I mean, it can get messy in a hurry. So just it's it's that whole exercise of having a million options is great. Having a million options is also not great. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you have to be careful. So what do CLINs look like? What are we talking about here? CLINs are commonly of a, a four-digit number. And many times, it depends on what agency you're working with and what kind of tools they use. But many times they start with 0001. That's CLIN 1. And the next one is 0002. That's CLIN 2. And then maybe in the next year, they start over with 1,001, 1,002. So there's lots of different ways we can do this. But that process is not required. Um, and here's a fun fact, getting a little FAR reference for the day. FAR 15203 Alpha 2I, okay, allows accounting officers to authorize offers to propose alternate CLIN structures. Yeah. Yep, it actually says that. So the, the point is, there, and by the way, there, there are only two places in the FAR that the, the phrase CLIN shows up. So this is one of those areas, it's, it's and I'm not suggesting that we change this and make it more regulated. This is one of those areas that's not very regulated. So that, that's a good thing. And that freedom to structure the contract in such a way that makes sense is what we're really talking about here. So be, be, be aware that this is one of those agile strategies. You can actually f- create a clean structure pretty much any way you need to. Just yeah. we go back to like we foot stomp a lot. Don't make it more complex than it needs to be. Right. This is the thinking part of acquisition that we're talking about again. And by the way, 
uh, proposing an alternate clean structure. I would look at that as propose an alternate clean structure at your own peril. Uh, but we, that's, that's for one of the, the source selection, uh, casts. <laughs> so it gets a little more complicated than just clean one, two, three. You also have to know that there are things called sub cleans and elins, and you might hear it as slins. They might take the UB off of sub cleans and, and just become slins. But you'll see in contracts 0001AA, 0001AB, or 002AA or 2AB, or any combination of those four digits, two, two letters is usually how it looks. And why this is important. This complexity is the contract type, whether it's time and materials or fixed price or a cost type contract, cost reimbursable, that is carried, that's assigned at the CLIN level. So if you think of the CLIN as the parent, the parent has a contract type, the subclins under that also carry that parent's contract type. So, so if your CLIN 1 is labor and it's fixed price for labor, you might have CLIN 1 and then 1AA and 1AB. 1A1A and 1AB are also going to be fixed price. If CLIN 2 is the travel associated with completing the job, but that's cost reimbursable, subclins under CLIN 2 also have to be cost reimbursable. So 2AA, 2AB, cost reimbursable. And another point of clarity, CLIN 1, once you have a parent, it doesn't carry any value or funding anymore. It's it, all that is done at the one AA, one AB, one AC level. So maybe that was needlessly complex, but the, <laughs> the important part to remember is that subclins have to be the same contract type as the parent clin. So why does the government care? This is this is how the work gets segregated on the contract. So the agencies, some agencies have rules that you have to follow as the acquisition team, as a contracting officer for how CLINs and funding are assigned. And we won't get into all the different ways this can happen, but you need to care because there may be policies and regulations that you have to follow for your particular agency about how you set up the CLINs based on the funding that, that you're going to use for the acquisition. But the real reason is the CLIN structure, it's the basis for a clear understanding of how your contract is organized for, for tracking the the costs and the deliveries and the billing and if you don't have that understanding if if it's not if there's if it's not that with some foresight you can you can be creating a, a nightmare to manage. If for example, the CLIN will tell you, are you delivering a lot of these? Not not a lot as in a bunch, but a a lot as in some defined quantity of ten or something, or is it priced each? That little word, I've. Had companies get hung up and say, oh, crap, I thought I was delivering, I thought I was getting paid by a lot, and I'm getting paid by each. That's in the CLIN. One would think it should be somewhere obvious, but that's just another example. Same thing with the, the delivery time. Is, if it's, is it each month, or is it at the end of the year, or is it quarterly? I mean, there, there's yeah, Do all you deliver 10 are, at once, or do you deliver them all separately? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very easy to, to miss those little words, and they mean a lot. So I already mentioned that CLINs can be used to separate funding types and sources and this is all related to you know being able to audit track where the money is but the government should care because more cleans means more administration in the contract it means it's going to be more expensive for you to buy whatever you want to buy because more cleans takes more time and money on the contractor side to track 
and for the government to track because each CLIN is a separate bucket that has to be delivered and accepted separately and has to be billed and paid separately. So think about this stuff. It's very important that the government thinks about the CLIN structure they're creating. It makes a huge, huge difference in how easy your contract to be, will be to administer or how difficult your contract will be to administer. So the, there's a, a term out there, a CLIN proliferation was a, a buzzword for uh, buzzwords, I guess, a buzz phrase. For, for a while. <laughs> just going crazy adding cleanse left and right and then you end up having to hire an army of finance people on both sides to to manage the thing that's why in in actually you said the far only mentions clin twice one, one place is talking about offers can propose alternate clin structures the other is in the acquisition planning section where it it kind of says think about this it's going to be important later and as an example of how to use cleanse to make your life easier, one of the contracts that I managed, we had, I, don't know, I think, a couple hundred cleanse. From, this is a giant contract with lots of moving parts. But the point is we had all these different cleanse. And part of, the, part of the, what they did was training. And it, I kid you not, we actually had this big mapped out slide that said the training cleanse are cleanse 114 through 122. That's, they're buried in the middle of this giant stream, right? And, and again, remember we mentioned that for most contracts, you have four digits to use. So you have you know, 0001 yeah. through 9999. It's 10,000 options you can use. So what we did is rather than burying them in there, we said, you know what? All of the training, which there's like, I think there were 12 uh, cleanse per year for this particular training. All of the training cleanse are the 7,000 series. Yeah. Why not? We're not using those, right? And it was, this, it was, it was an administrative mod. It just you know, it took like, I don't know, like a couple of hours maybe, but it cleaned everything up because now all the people who don't live in CLINs, i.e. the engineers and, and the people that say, oh, well, uh, the, the program manager understands the contract enough, but now it pops up and says, so he understands that CLIN 7001 and CLIN 7016, he knows what they are. In fact, it became the new title of these, these particular tasks. So that's the, that's the 7016. So you can use this to manage the contract. I'm not suggesting you have to. <laughs> it can, it's got its own issues. But when you have lots and lots and lots of cleanse. Yeah. Lay them out actually, in a way that makes sense so that, right. that people can understand. I, that, that's the way that people will talk about it forever after. They know that it, the whole thing's complex. But if they hear if, – if the clin has a 7,000 in it, then it's going to be for training. It's just like we were talking about before. You could use cleanse for different years. So you know that if it's a 3,000 series clin, it's in the third year of the contract. Those simple things make contracts much easier to administer. Let's move on to why does industry care about CLINs? So you, I like your contracts can look like a spider web example. CLINs from the industry side, CLINs show you how you have to track your costs and submit your bills against those costs. So if you don't understand the CLIN structure, you don't understand how to get paid. It's also kind of super, a big deal. Yeah, kind of a big deal. It's also super important because cleanse can be different contract types. So there's different rules for managing and billing a, a cost plus fixed fee contract versus a fixed price contract. And the money on each clin is not interchangeable between the clins. So if you don't have enough to do something on clin one, but there's money on clin two, those if those are different tasks, you, you can't 
look at it as one big pot of money. It's very important that industry understands that each clint is severable, has to be thought about differently. And let me give you an example of what this looks like. So one of our clients, after they had bid on something, and, and this is a smaller one that we didn't, we helped them with some of the basics, but they, they happened to call back and say, by the way, I had this other one over here that I, I submitted and the contracting officer said that my price was really, really low. And she said, I didn't think it was that low. So she sends me the RFP and I look at it and I realized that she had, going back to that lot thing, she priced it for the month. Whereas the CLIN required the year. And it was just one little word up at the top that Oops. said 12 months. So her price <laughs> appeared to be like one twelfth what everybody else's was. So that's what this thing can feel like. And it, 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 it's that whole, this is that whole idea of the 80-20 rule. Is that this, is, this is the process, right? Understanding really what each one of those little pieces means. So for example, in this case, she was pricing an RFP. And to your point, it comes out to the other end that when you're getting paid for that same work, you got to understand that clean on both sides. That's the, that's the spider web. The start of it, all the way to the end, you got to understand that one strand of, th- of uh, spider thread, <laughs> or, or you could just have lots of problems like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to mention, before we wrap up, why does industry care about this? That industry can and should work to influence the clean structure early in the acquisition. So going, you know, We've been talking about CLINs in the execution of the contract, but going back to the acquisition time zones, if the government has set up a CLIN structure that's going to be very unwieldy to manage and very expensive to manage, industry should be talking to them and, and give suggestions that, hey, if you structured the contract like this, it would save you tons of time and energy and make more sense. And you know what? If the government hasn't thought about it and locked it in, they'll appreciate the input because it'll be easier on them in the end. Now they may have reasons why they have to structure it that way. Like we talked about funding reasons, but overall this is a, this is a place where industry can make everyone's lives easier because they, they have to live with the results of the clean structure as well. Yeah. And, and why does, why do both sides care about that? It's driving overhead. Yeah. You would talk about government contracts costing more. Again, you zoom out far enough and, if, if Clint's structure is hiring somebody, causing somebody to hire, causing a, causing a contractor to hire one more person to manage their five contracts, that's an overhead person. Guess who's paying for that? We yep. get the taxpayers are. And if it's a so big contract and a cost type contract, they'll have to hire people that charge directly to the contract just to manage the crazy <laughs> Clint structure. Exactly. Yeah, good point. Adds up fast. All right, let's wrap this up. My summary would be understand what is in your Clint's. Understand what those buckets are for. That is how you manage the contract. That's how you track costs. That's how you bill. And that's how you get paid. And it's also how you deliver on time. And it's also how you, you make sure that you're doing what is expected. And that's why it's important to talk about this up front. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not really supposed to be a gotcha. And that's how it feels sometimes. But if you're aware of what's in those cleanse, you really can, can be ahead of the let me say this a different way. You can be much more proactive in solving problems because if you don't understand what's in those CLINs, don't wait until you invoice and they kick it back and say, you didn't do that to, to point that out. <laughs> and likewise, a contracting officer needs to understand what, what, is, what do you think is going to happen when I, when I put lot up here? Do we, do we clearly define what lot is? Do we clearly define what, what monthly is or, or daily? Is it business days? I mean, there's all these little nuts and bolts that just one little word stuck in that CLIN can cause a cavalcade of problems. Because this is the 80-20 rule. I mentioned this before. This is the 80-20 rule. This is the process. As a taxpayer, you think, oh, yeah, this is that and minutia of government contracts. This isn't minutia. This is efficiency. Having one basic CLIN structure that applies to almost every contract does save everybody 
millions of dollars. Because if we said, hey, government contracting officer, you just write the contract any way you want. That means the contract systems wouldn't talk to each other. The payment systems wouldn't talk to each other. The deliver- it's a big deal. So you want this thing to be streamlined, okay? But you've got to understand how it's streamlined. So this is that 80-20 rule. Is you need to understand the process of cleanse. Yeah, that, there's, honestly, a, there's a really basic structure that has lots of flexibility within it. But at the top level, yeah, it, it's, it's, everybody does it mostly the same way. Which is why we you know, spent what, a while <laughs> talking about it on a podcast. There's a lot to it. So screw this up and what happens? Uh, you could deliver late. You could have to pay for your own shipping without actually knowing it. You could deliver to the wrong address. Uh, you could deliver the wrong quantity. And then, or you could not get paid. Which <laughs> I could probably stop there because that's, that's enough to the get one that people care about most. Exactly. All right, let's wrap it up, Kevin. All right. So thank you for being a podcast listener. As always, we really, really appreciate it. We get all, not all, most of these topics from you. So go to the contracting officer podcast.com and hit the contact button. You can also connect with us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and, and Facebook, et cetera. And then, like I always ask, you know, write us a review on iTunes. It's how people find us. And we're giving away this information for free. So please help them find it. And if the podcast is enough for you, that's awesome. If you want more, you can join the Skyway Connection community. Go to skywayacquisition.com slash connect. If you use the promo code podcast, you can try the community for free for two weeks. And we're doing a new thing called announcements. So now we're going to give some announcements. So thank you to Jenny Clark of uh, Solvability for reviewing my book on Amazon. It was kind of cool to get my first five-star review. Um, Also, thank you to Lynette Rock for asking us to transcribe the podcasts. Uh, You heard a few, maybe a dozen podcasts ago. We were actually looking for an editor. We talked about that. Well, we finally got it done. They're, They're happening. We're up to number two. Um, I'm the bottleneck on that. I'm, I'm trying to, because uh, I'm reviewing what they're doing, and but it's happening. So you'll see that. Um, and also we had some some uh, comments on the blog on our website. So thank you to Michelle and Jenny and Meg and Zach for uh, commenting on our site. Uh, sorry it took me so long to get there. But remember, we always talk about we're going to put out great content and figure everything else out. Well, these are great examples of that because a couple of those were sitting there for like a month before I realized <laughs> they were on the site. Oh, yeah. Remember we have a comment section on the site? <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's not that we're blowing you off. It's just that we're figuring out what we're doing. But the, the big thing we do is, is focus on content. So I hope we did that again today, even though, once again, this is probably longer than it needed to be. Thanks for <laughs> hanging with us. All right. Talk to you later, Kevin. See you, Paul. Okay, that's it for this week's episode. As always, if you have questions, comments, or complaints, go to contractingofficerpodcast.com, hit the contact button, and let us know what you think. Thanks for listening. <laughs>